56% of college students are women, and 48% of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only 29% of VPs and just 22% of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM, these numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the competence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job, not willing to take on that new, unknown project. What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote-unquote okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the Confidence Workshop. What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Next Level Confident Podcast. I am so pumped that you're here today. I am grateful that you are giving time out of your busy schedule to be a part of this awesomeness. And I know I always talk about this, but I just want to say it again. So many of you have given me awesome references or referrals for the confidence workshop, because a lot of you know, I host a workshop for women in STEM corporations called the confidence workshop. And I've just had so many referrals lately. So I just want to say thank you for those of you who have done that. It's been such an awesome journey the last few months, getting to speak for some really cool companies. And I want you to know how much I appreciate that. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in because this is going to be a packed, packed episode. Um, I'm going to introduce today and give a very warm welcome to my newest BFF, Emma Marlette. Woo! Woo! Hello. How are you, Janelle? I'm awesome. How are you? So good. Thanks for having me here. Oh my gosh. So pumped to have you. Like you have no idea, you guys, it's about to get, it's going to be value packed, but it's also about to get kind of weird. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's going to get weird. It's definitely going to get a little weird. Because <laughs> we're always a little weird together. Let's be honest. <laughs> so true. I'm excited to be here. Me too. So to tell you guys a little bit about Emma, she coaches badass females who are constantly on the go and chasing the next goal. She supports them in creating a life of ease and building a foundation of self-love rather than their worth coming from what the world says of them. She helps them stop the burnout train and step into a mindset that allows them to be present and have meaningful relationships and create balance. 
So good. So good. So Emma has moved from North Carolina to Denver to California. She currently lives in Orange County. Um, She's a former college athlete. She's an entrepreneur. She's a coach trainer for accomplishment coaching, and she's a retreat creator and host. So she has these awesome retreats. So awesome. They're called fire and grace. And you guys, I want to tell you, she actually has two upcoming retreats that you can be a part of. And I highly, highly recommend going because they are freaking awesome. So September 24th through 26th, she has one in San Diego and then December 31st through January 3rd for new year. Costa Rica, baby. Oh my gosh. Yes. Cause like, we're not trying to probably, I mean, it depends on who you are, but like a lot of the listeners here aren't like crazy partiers. It's not like they're trying to go out and get, you know, all drunk on new year's. It's like, they would rather be working on themselves to bring in that new year. And what better place than Costa Rica with Emma Marlat? Am I right? Totally. And don't worry, we'll still get our party on. It's just not going to be out at the bar with the clubs going as they do. (laughs) It'll be like at the Airbnb. (laughs) Exactly. Amazing. Amazing. Um, So lastly, she also helps entrepreneurs who are building events and retreats. And so she can actually help you if you are someone who has always wanted to put on your own retreat. This woman knows how to do it. So you can reach out to her and she will bring you through her program. She's a consultant for that. So, so many good things. You guys connect with her on her website. It's obviously linked below. It's always linked below. Um, it's Emma Marlat, M-A-R-L-A-T-T.com. Or you can hit her up on Instagram. Her Instagram is full of positivity and uplifting inspiration. And it's at E-M underscore Marlat. So it's M Marlat and it's linked below. Um, Emma, let's just give the audience for a brief, brief, brief moment. Let's just talk about how we met for a second. Let's just talk about that. Let's do it. Oh, it's such a good story, Janelle. Well, it's a juicy one. I have to say (laughs) I was dating somebody and Janelle and your husband, Frankie came to see this person that I was dating because Frankie and Michael went to college together and we hung out for an entire Sunday. And within five minutes, Michael's saying, you guys are like the same person to me. I don't know if I ever told you that. And then I'm thinking to myself, I think I just met my new best friend. I don't know what just happened. I feel kind of like just put through a whirlwind. And I don't know, we set up power hours after that. Like it was just like a fast friendship. And now I've got my new best friend and I love every bit of it. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. And by power hours, she means we take shots of beer every minute <laughs> on the hour on Tuesday mornings. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> yeah, probably a thing to clarify. We work on Zoom together for an hour. I forgot that to power do sales. hours were a thing in college. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, they might not know, but you know, like here we are, we're like, we're not really big drinkers, but we do power hours on zoom together. We chug beer. Oh, that's Um, so funny. Such a good time. I actually did used to do those power hours and they actually, you know, can be a good time. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) I know when Emma and I met, it was literally like uh, within the first 15 or 20 minutes, we were like connecting on so many levels. And it was like, whoa, like, you, I don't know, like, it's kind of rare to just meet someone who you just connect with so quickly on such a, like, just so many levels. It's like faith and business and entrepreneurship and helping people and our mindset and like just everything. And it's so freaking special. And so 
we both immediately were like texting all day, every day, voice messaging all day, every day. Um, her dad was in town visiting this weekend and like, we we're voice messaging back and forth all weekend long. And he's, and we do it every day. So it wasn't weird for us, but for her dad, he was like, bro, like, are you just going to be voice messaging <laughs> Chanel all week? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I know my dad's girlfriend's making jokes about like, do you guys even know what each other look like? like <laughs> <laughs> We're like catfishing each other or something like that. It's the best. Well, what's also cool is when we first met is we didn't even talk about work between the four of us for like, I want to say like the first like four hours together. Right. It didn't really come up until after church, which I think is awesome because we were all already connecting on levels that like we didn't know possible um, without talking about the thing that people love to talk about. What do you do for work? Right. I was like, so I remember being like, finally, like, so what do you do anyway? I'm like, this girl's pretty cool. Like, what does she actually do? And then you're like, yeah, I'm a coach and I, you know, help women with, and I'm like, oh my gosh, of course, of course. Like we're so similar. We have so much in common and we're both Enneagram eights. So it's like, we're literally, <laughs> it's hard to even explain to you guys. Like if you're listening and you're feeling uncomfortable by this like girl crush moment, please embrace it because it is it, I have never met someone that like, we literally just clicked this quickly. Like we met in January. Right. And we're, January, yeah. we're at the beginning of May right now. So it's literally like a four month friendship. And yeah, hey, people get engaged after, after four weeks. That's so true. I think when we're did doing we, well. Well, we need to get our best friend, uh, necklaces. Like we're going to get those necklaces where you have like the top and the bottom or whatever, and they fit together. So <laughs> it's not weird though. It's not weird. Well, we have to <laughs> let everyone know that like, it's funny. We'll be on the same wavelength and like thinking these weird things and being like so are we best friends now can we get like bracelets <laughs> and we're both like is this weird that I'm asking this but I'm glad that we're thinking the same thing because it makes it a heck of a lot less weird right 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 it's like it's almost like vulnerable because you're like I really like you as a friend and I just <laughs> I don't know if you like me as much as I like you and like or is our friendship moving as quickly as I think it is and it's it's weird <laughs> All right. Well, now that everyone's thoroughly weirded out by how awesome our friendship is, actually, it's inspiring. I'm going to say that I was telling um, one of my clients about our friendship the other day. And I was like, you can meet people like when you're healthy and you know what you're looking for in a friend, you actually, it's, it actually can happen quite quickly. And you meet someone and become really close friends really quickly because you're on the same wavelength. And so I think that's encouraging for people, especially uh, this last year being at home a lot and not getting a lot of social interaction and maybe you know, maybe some of your friends from la like previously, you've realized that they maybe aren't as good of a fit as you once thought because they maybe are more into partying or more into things that you're not into. And so I think it's, it's actually inspiring to realize you can meet amazing people and become really close friends really quickly. You don't have to be best friends for like 15 years in order to be best friends. I completely agree. Same thing with romantic relationship. No need to judge ourselves for the timeline. If it fits, it fits. Enjoy right. it. Right. Right. Beautifully put. Beautifully put. All right, you guys. So today's podcast is basically going to be like a little mini workshop. Okay. So I highly encourage that you pull out a pen and a paper so you can actually answer the questions of the framework that Emma is going to be walking us through today. Um, Frankie and I host a monthly group here in San Diego called Limitless Lifestyle. And um, some of you have probably heard of it. If you haven't and you're in San Diego, you want to be a part of it, let me know. We'd love to have you there. It's for everyone. Um, so Emma actually led our group through this self-sabotage topic in April's event. And we got so much awesome feedback and and it was like so helpful for so many people that I wanted to provide this topic for those of you who, 
you know, obviously weren't able to attend that event in person. So to tell you today's topic is how to overcome self-sabotage and leverage courage. And Emma, my first question for you is, can you give us some examples of self-sabotage that either you or some of your clients have dealt with, um, or you've seen firsthand, like how would someone listening right now know if they are self-sabotaging or not? Totally. Well, before I answer that question, I just want to say what self-sabotage is just based off pure definition. It is just a pattern or thought behavior that is getting in the way of the thing that you actually want. So it's a choice of something that we're choosing that we're not actually like in alignment with patterns that I recognize in clients are honestly as simple as like just avoidance, you know, choosing to spend hours scrolling on Instagram choosing to do the thing that maybe looks productive in front of them, but isn't the thing, you know, examples that I see with my clients that are business owners, you know, they're avoiding the task that's actually going to have them making the money they want to be making. Instead, they're doing the task like going and cleaning the house. So it, it feels like you're being productive, but is it actually generating the outcome that you want in that moment or long-term or even with like relationships, seeing clients like avoid the really tough conversations um, and choose something either below them or choose to just avoid the, the tough conversation because they're afraid of what might come from that. And that's not in alignment with what they want. Who knows? Maybe that person is actually like totally game for whatever it is you're going to share, but you don't know until you share it. Hmm. That's so true. And what about in your own life? What, what is a way that you see yourself self-sabotage? I love it. I am definitely key to the doing productive things that look productive to myself, like cleaning or working out in the middle of the day or going and doing like a ton of emails or something that genuinely like is on the to-do list, but it's not the, not the top three things that I need to get done that day that are going to generate either the financial um, goal that I have, or the connection goal that I have, or even just well-being. I think I self-sabotage in the sense of like not going to bed on time or waking up really early and then staying up late. And then my energy levels are just not as high as they could be throughout the day. I'm not focused. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I love it. It's funny. Cause I actually, when I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about ways that I self-sabotage and you know, my first thought, I was like, okay, we all self-sabotage to an extent. And then I started thinking, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I really self-sabotage. I get a lot of stuff done. You know, I'm so efficient. I'm like an efficient machine. <laughs> and then I started to think about how like actually how I self-sabotage is just like what you just said. It's like, I'm doing efficient things, but I'm doing too much or I'm going, going, going without slowing down to make time for myself. Um, I don't relax often enough. And that ends up self-sabotaging towards bigger dreams because I'm busying myself so much with like day-to-day -day tasks that are kind of smaller that I'm not able to step back and look at the bigger vision. So I can just end up like doing really impulsive things, but you know, I'm like, well, I'm doing something, you know, I'm taking action and it's just so much action that it's actually worse. It's worse for my health. It's worse for my mental well-being, And it can, it's even worse for my long time, long-term planning, because I'm taking action on small little things right now that actually don't aren't in alignment necessarily with the long-term plan. Um, 
So anyway, I just thought it was funny that like, I'm like, I'm sure someone listening is like, well, I don't really self-sabotage. And, um, I think we all do. It's just more about like getting honest with ourselves and being like, okay, how do I actually self-sabotage? I completely agree. And I think for people who are highly productive individuals and known in their friend group or their community as the person who's always out there doing stuff, I resonate. Like it's hard to be looking inward and saying, I self-sabotage because you are known as an achiever and you don't want to have to admit that you self-sabotage and, and the word kind of feels icky. It feels like you're a failure. You're not accomplishing the things that you said you're going to, but it doesn't mean you're not achieving. It's just, are you in alignment with what you said, Janelle, like the bigger picture every day and staying connected to that? Yeah, totally. I love that. Hello, just in case you were starting to hit your mid-podcast lull, we're going to take a quick break from the regularly scheduled events to boost your energy and have a little extra fun around here. I'm going to ask today's guest rapid fire questions, and then we'll pop back into the conversation right where we left off. Here we go. Okay, it is time for the power hour rapid fire questions. Uh, 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 let's go. Okay, Emma, best advice you ever received? Oh, best advice I've ever received. Chill the heck out. Stop <laughs> taking life so seriously. <laughs> so true. Okay, what is your favorite beverage? Like alcoholic beverage or well, just, just any like beverage? But maybe um, I do love lemon spindrift, but I also love a good margarita. Yes. Oh, those margaritas we had the other day on the beach. Yes. So good. Okay. Fill in the blank. I have a blank at my desk at all times. On my desk. I mean, a notebook. A notebook. Cool. <laughs> cool. Love it. Some chapstick. Yeah. You know, <laughs> chapstick is important. <laughs> okay. What is a strange or even potentially bad habit that most people don't know that you have? Mm, that's hard. I don't have bad habits. I'm no, just I'm kidding. Good, actually, <laughs> um, probably that like I always eat a snack before bed. Oh, okay, what snack do you <laughs> usually eat before bed? Oh, whatever I'm craving, like cereal, something sweet, something <laughs> really random, like toast. Toast. I'm just really <laughs> craving toast before bed. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. What book are you reading or podcast are you listening to right now? Book that I'm reading right now is I am reading, um, outwitting the devil with you. Yeah. And a podcast that I am listening to that I love listening to is Chris Harder. It is a business podcast. Cool. Chris Harder. All right. Emma, what is your favorite personality test? If any, Oh, Enneagram. Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. You guys already know that Emma and I are the same person. We're both eights. If you haven't taken your Enneagram, stop listening to this podcast. Go take your Enneagram <laughs> test. We don't even want to know. We don't even want you here if you don't know your Enneagram. I'm just joking, but am I? Okay. Um, okay. Will you ever move from where you currently live? <laughs> oh, well, I'm coming to San Diego. Woo-hoo. Bye-bye, Orange County. See you never. <laughs> Bye, deuces. 
Thank God, Emma and I get to live in the same city forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. So we get to hang out like every day. Every Is day. that like, okay. Let's just have a podcast, <laughs> just me and you. That way every day we can talk and just have a blast together. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. In for it. Okay, your last question is, what is the best moment that you have had as a business woman? Best moment, I think, is getting to see the outcome of my clients, like seeing how not just it impacts their life, but how it's impacting their families and their marriages and their employees and just seeing the ripple effect. I think that's so powerful. Yeah, so cool. What a good answer. What a go-giver answer. Woo! That was exciting. I hope you are feeling energized like I am. Let's go ahead and get back to our regularly scheduled events. What are the three ways to become aware of self-sabotage, Emma? Totally. So declare. So we're going to declare the vision, expose the root to self-sabotage, and then we are going to uncover what are the ways that one self-sabotages. So so really what this is, is the what the how and the why of self-sabotage. Cool. So number one, declare, number two, expose, and number three, uncover. And then you're going to walk us through those three steps, right? Yes. Cool. So you guys, if you have your pen and paper ready, write down one, declare, two, expose, three, uncover. And now we're going to jump into each one. Beautiful. So I'm going to use you as an example, Janelle, and just kind of interact with me as if you were the person walking through this workshop. Does Perfect. that sound good? Yes. Beautiful. So declare, declare here is where we're going to understand like, what is the vision that is actually the thing you want in life? So what is the goal or the dream that you feel you avoid the most? And, mm-hmm. and another way of looking at this, another question to ask yourself, what is the scariest thing that you really want to happen in your life? And it's probably really scary because you have no clue how the heck it's going to happen. Yeah. So for you, Janelle, what is the vision or the thing that comes up for you when you're looking at this question? Okay. So I actually even have my notes pulled up from, um, April 15th when you spoke at limitless lifestyle. Um, and so the first things I wrote down was writing a New York times bestselling book. And I put in parentheses, maybe a book for Christian women about money mindset, because I feel like a lot of Christian women have um, a backwards money mindset. Um, the other one I put is making a course that makes money for me, um, without always leveraging time. Obviously I'm a hard worker and I don't mind working, but it'd be nice to be able to help more people through a course, um, and get this information out to people in a really helpful way. Um, and then my other thing was like, I want to do less. I want to have more margin in my life and I want to have more peace in my daily life. Like those are some of my big visions for right now. So good. Keep those on hand because we're going to use the next step in, um, exposing the fear around that vision. Okay, cool. So I want to give the audience one other question to get, look deeper into vision. Another way of looking at it is it's your 80th birthday. What do you want people to be saying about you and what you accomplished and who you are as a person? Cause sometimes there's going to be blocks around the vision piece. And that's the fear. It's fear of not feeling like you can get there fear of not knowing how to get there. 
but put the fear down for a second. We're, we're five-year-old kids who get to be outside and just have fun and explore your imagination. What are the things that people are saying at your 80th birthday about you? What is it you want them to say is another great way of looking at it. Yeah. And there's actually something I wanted to say about that, that I even literally wrote in the show notes in preparing for this is that what I find, what I found to be interesting about what happened that night when I took down these notes is that I said what I just told you guys about what I want, right? The best selling book, making a course that can help a lot of women really impactfully, and then doing less and having more margin in my life, more peace. And then Emma asked the 80th birthday question. And it was really interesting because then I was like, okay, you know, the best selling book. I mean, I think that'd be cool to have someone say my 80th birthday, maybe, but like, do I actually, does that actually matter? Like then that really started to get me to think like, um, what really matters, you know? And so what I wrote down for that is that I envisioned people standing up on, you know, it's like my 80th birthday and my friends are standing up to speak about me or my family is standing up to speak about me. And one thing I, I wrote down is that I was present with my friends and that I empowered them to dream bigger than they ever did before. And then I supported them throughout the process that I was there for them along the way. Um, and for me, it was interesting because to me, that's a very different thing than writing a best-selling book. Right. And so it was interesting to see, I'm not saying writing a best-selling book is bad, but I wonder if there's a part of my ego that plays into that. Whereas when the ego is gone and I was just thinking about my 80th birthday, all I thought about is how I like, I just want to support my best friends and make and help them create, like have their goals and have their dreams. And then the other thing that I, I wrote down, I'm looking at my notes right here is, um, asking, or I, I wanted people to say about me that I empowered women to talk about money and to ask for more money at work and not be ashamed about money and to have a healthy relationship with money and have a healthy relationship with their finances. And I think that's because that's something I've been so dialed in on and so focused on for myself over this last like year and a half. And it's been so much growth for me, but again, it's just so, I don't know. So Emma, what are some of your thoughts on like, what if someone wrote one thing down for I want this in my life, like my big vision, but then you ask the 80th birthday question and they say something else. What do you do with that? Yeah. So they may say something else or they may still say the same thing. And I'm getting curious around why is it important? Like the qu next question to ask yourself is why is this book important? Why is it important to you to have your friends go after their goals? Like, and what's that experience for you? Like I would assert that it's some sort of feeling you get when your friends go after their goals. And that same thing for the book, there's some sort of feeling that's connected to that. And people put goals down because they're chasing feelings, feelings fade, but you can create experiences that have the feelings you want to have and putting that why to it. Mm, so for you, good. what is it? Like, why, why do you want your friends chasing their big goals? Ooh, great question. Ooh, I'm getting like a free coaching on my <laughs> podcast. Oh, I love this. Um, I, I think the why behind that is because yeah, it feels good to see people win. And I think, you know, the even deeper why is that sometimes I do get wrapped up in work and wrapped up in, you know, spending long days working on building my business. Um, and there are times where I feel like I'm not present enough in, in some of my friends' lives and it, and it bums me out. Cause that's not who I want to be. Like, I want to be someone who makes my friends and family a priority, um, instead of just always being like, oh, well I have, you know, I got a lot of work to do, but hit me up on Saturday or Sunday, and then I'll be available for you to talk about hard things, you know? And so I think that's why I want, want that because 
you know, here I am helping so many women, especially chase their dreams through next level confident. And I love that. It's amazing. But there are times where I feel like I'm not there enough for like my mom or there enough for my, my friends. And, and I know there's no perfect balance too. Like I'm sure a lot of people are listening and nodding because one of the, the two things is so funny. The two things that keep women up the most at night, this is an article. I could link it below. Um, one finances and two work-life balance. Those are the two (laughs) things that keep women up most at night. And it's so funny that those are like my two things that I just said at my 80th birthday. I'm like, I want to help women be empowered about money. And I want to have this like balance where I, you know, I did write books or had a podcast, whatever, all these things that I have in helping women. But I also want to make sure I'm really there for my friends and family and not like, leaving them to the side because I was so busy building a business. Cause you do hear about that sometimes like someone who has a successful business, but like their friends and family don't have a whole lot of respect for them. Cause they didn't really like authentically spend time with them. Completely. What I hear in that is community is a massive value in your life. And, and part of that is creating a loving community that empowers other people, whether that's family, friends, or your clients. And, and for the audience, look, look within the answer to your question, like what's your why in your vision and what's the feeling you're chasing within your goals. It's okay to want to have these experiences and these feelings. It's just, you know, feelings do fade. So be aware of that and why you're chasing things, just like Janelle said, the ego and, and dive deeper. Like what are the values that are connected to your vision that are going to have you actually like working towards that every day? Yeah. And last thing I'll say before we move on to number two is that I think ego is involved when I say New York Times bestseller, for example, because does it really matter if a book is a New York Times bestseller or not? Like what what should matter about a book is that it actually did empower women, right? Whether it sold, you know, 20 copies and it helped 20 women's lives or if it sold thousands of copies, like it should empower women. And so I think when I lay the ego down, that's what the 80th birthday question thing does. I think it almost like the first question might be filled with ego of like, I want this, I want this, I want this, like my, here's my dreams, you know? (laughs) And then the 80th birthday, you're all of a sudden like, oh crap. Like you're picturing yourself all like gray hair and wrinkly with like saggy boobs. And you're like, hello. Oh, how are you? <laughs> Gosh, I hope we don't aren't like that when we're 80. <laughs> I'm just joking. We'll have a lot more zest in life. Maybe saggy boobs still, but it's totally cool. So cool. There's bras to lift them right on up. Um, <laughs> thank you, Spanx. Thank you, Spanx. We really appreciate you, Sarah Blakely. Um, but when you ask the 80th birthday question, it has the ego laid down and be like, okay, so what actually matters? Maybe the New York times bestseller doesn't matter that title, but what does matter is creating something that can truly be a guide for women that would help them in a very tangible way. That's like the deeper why behind why the book would matter as opposed to the New York times bestseller. So exactly. And when you keep that why in front of you, and we're going to get into this as, as the third piece of self-sabotage, but keeping that vision super close to home all the time is going to have there be less self-sabotage in this conversation. We're not going to completely destroy self-sabotage. It's still going to be there. We're humans. Um, but we are going to, there's tools that are going to have you be preventative of creating self-sabotage everywhere. Mm, So good. All right, Emma, take us through number two. Awesome. Expose the root of your self-sabotage. And what I mean by this is what is the fuel to why you're avoiding that vision? These tend to be connected to a fear, something happening, um, not knowing how it usually is fear-based is there's some fear for whatever reason 
to you avoiding the vision. Um, and that could be that you don't know how, fear of failure, fear of being alone, embarrassment, not feeling enough, um, feeling judged, fear of not having enough money, or maybe not knowing how to use your money, um, fear of vulnerability, fear of creating connections with people that you don't even know if you have value to bring to them, um, or fear of, I think being alone with that one is like having your friends leave you because mm -hmm. you're after things that they're not. Janelle, for you, like when you look at your visions and some of the things you just said, like, I didn't even know the book thing was on there. And we've talked a lot about goals. Like, what is it that has you avoid taking action around the book or even sharing that goal with people? Hmm. Well, I think part of it is like doing like the someday thing, like, oh, well, when I'm more successful, then I'll write the book. Like I'm not, I haven't reached enough success yet is maybe one of the limiting beliefs that pops up. And then I think the other one would be, um, like the limiting belief of, I don't have enough time, which obviously when you say that it always means it's because you're not making the time. Cause you always make time for things that matter. It's like when you meet someone who's so busy and then they're like, I don't have time for anything, but then they meet a new guy. And all of a sudden you're like, that's weird. You're spending like, <laughs> like 30 hours a week with that guy. It seems like you have time now all of a sudden for that guy. So we make the time for things that matter. So I think that that's one of my limiting beliefs is that I don't have enough time. Um, I think some of it, like you said, is like the fear of logistics, like thinking it all through. I mean, honestly, so many of them, it's like fear of like, what would I write about? What if I spent like 50 hours working on this or, or more, like however many hours it takes to write a freaking book. And then what if like, no one reads it? What if it flops? You know, like that's a fear. Um, yeah, I think, or like another one, even like talking about money and I'm like, well, I want to be making more money in my business before I start the book or something like that, which, you know, when I say it out loud, it sounds kind of silly, but I'm like, in my mind, I think, well, if I had more, uh, more steady income, or if I had more money coming in each month, then I would feel like I could write the book. Oh, something. that's such a good example. The time one and that one, I think resonate with a lot of people that I work with is I don't have enough time. So when I have enough time, I'll get to that. Okay. Well, yes. we're never going to have any more time. Like you get 24 right. hours a day, every right. day, you get to choose how to use it. And then your money thing too, is interesting because it's like, I hear people say, well, when I have X amount in my account, I will do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Now, yeah, maybe today you're not going to go buy that $3 million house because you don't have the funds to do that. But what could you be doing that could actually get you closer to that vision? Like, why is that house important to you? It's probably some sort of ambiance and whatever experience around the space. Well, I bet you there's an apartment that is going to create that same ambiance right now. Mm. and then get you closer to that vision. And with your book, it's like, it doesn't cost anything to pull up a Google, Google doc and start writing. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. And then I, I'm like, as I'm doing this, I'm like still trying to think of other fears. And I think the other, the other one, and I know that a lot of my clients have this too, is, um, it's like, not knowing which is the next best step. So like, mm -hmm. part of me is like, okay, the book is awesome. But then I also want to do the course but, you know, of course I also have one-on-one -on -one clients and then I'm also speaking. So at the, at the end of the day, like there, there really is only so many hours in a day. So it's like to do something really well, I do think you have to give like a level of effort there. And so I can't do, I mean, I know you're not supposed to say I can't, but like, let's just be realistic here for a second. Like you can't do 10 new things at once. Um, you got to pick one specific thing, go all in on that. And then once that starts to feel like a habit, then you can go all in on the next thing instead of trying to start 10 new habits at once. That's something I personally believe in at the very least. Um, but 
So yeah, I think that that's probably where some of it comes from too, is like, what's the next best step? Is it doing the course? Is it writing the book? Well, maybe I'll wait on both of those and really hone in on my speaking engagements and my one-on-one coaching clients and, and wait, like really get those dialed in before I do the next step. So I think those are some of the other thoughts too. Thanks for sharing those thoughts because I think other people listening can really resonate with like, Hey, I have all these ideas that I'm generating. Where the heck do I go? Well, I actually hear that the book and the course and the speaking all go together because when you write, if you just were to go open a Google doc after this and just start word dumping all of the amazing ideas you have and the the tips and the tricks that you have for people, it could all be speaking. It could all be book and it can all be a course. So it doesn't have to be separate. And that's for so many different things. I think that people are up to is how can they all be together? And instead of it being like, I don't know how I'm going to do all of this. It just be, Hey, I'm going to go take 10 minutes each day to start working on this. It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And whatever comes from this, I'm going to run with it. Cause I think that's something with self-sabotage is, is we get so deep into our fears And that's what I want to do here is like, I love Janelle that you just like, totally like, I'm just going to put it all out there. What my fears are because we take away the power from the fear Mm -hmm. and, and you can't do life alone. Like you can't just be sitting in your office, hoping and wishing that these fears are going to go away. You need to call a friend and say, I'm freaking scared crapless about, and also (laughs) to the audience, I'm doing a really good job. I'm not cussing. And I'm really proud of myself right now. Yes, you are. Um, (laughs) It's like, call a friend and tell them you're scared about this goal that you've put out there. And put support structures around that because it's just not going to go away. The fear is not going to go away. You've got to learn to live with it. And that's where the courage piece comes in is saying, I'm going to take 10 minutes to do this because most likely you're going to end up loving it and spend 20 minutes each day. And it's just taking that step. You know, you don't lose 10 pounds in one workout. You got to work out. At least females don't. I don't know. Men, men have a whole lot of different things (laughs) that work with them. They go to the gym once and they have a six pack all of a sudden. But for us ladies, it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta have a regiment and it takes steps. And same goes for any goal that you're after. Um, Learn to live with the fear and be okay with the nerves, but have people in your corner that are going to root you on and remind you of your, your vision. Yeah. So good. I love that. Hey there, you may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose to transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose and then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams. And I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams. So if you're listening right now and thinking, yes, Janelle, that is 100% me, then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird, fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you're ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself 
Go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource. Awesome. So we've now identified um, why people self-sabotage. Anything else around that, Janelle, that you see to share with the audience? I don't think so. Yeah. I feel like we've done the exposed part. So I think now we're moving on to number three, right? The uncover. Totally. Yeah. So this will be super quick. These are really just the reasons or how people self-sabotage. This is we're uncovering the methods of how you self-sabotage, how it might show up in your life. I'm just going to quickly run through a list of things that people tend to do that I notice within clients and within my own world is social media, watching TV, um, excessive drinking, drugs, um, maybe even sex. I think that people turn to things that numb them. Um, neglecting, caring for their well-being, staying up too late, eating poorly, overspending, overthinking, um, visualizing about negative things before they even happen, um, picking fights with other people, hanging out with people who aren't supportive, mm-hmm. um, your thought life, who are you dating, um, avoiding commitments and your responsibilities, procrastinating, waiting for the perfect time, avoiding conflict, um, trying to trying the same thing over and over and over again and expecting the same result, mm. playing victim, holding back, um, or just over-investing. I think that's one too, that kind of going back to what we talked about in the beginning is over-investing in the calendar, saying yes to everything and not saying no to certain things that are out of alignment or not saying yes to things that actually are in alignment. Mm. Wow. That's so good. It's such a good list. Is this the part where I share what, what I'm going through? <laughs> yeah, please share, share maybe one? like what, one or two things you feel like you lean heavy towards. Yeah. I think it was probably those last two is like saying yes to too much, putting too much on the calendar. And then the other thing would be, I think I touched on this on the beginning, but, um, like I make a to-do list and sometimes I'll try to do like the fastest, easiest ones first, just cause it feels good to knock some stuff off the to-do list. And I'm like, cool. I, I did five things, even though all of them are like three minute things, but then the bigger things that maybe take an hour or a little bit more thought and energy, or they take more of that, like, you know, like facing a fear, right? Like sitting down to write the book, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'll do that. That's like at the end of the to-do list. And I didn't really get to it today. So I'll just move it to tomorrow's to-do list. So I like trick myself into thinking like, well, I did a lot, which I did. I'm not tricking myself on that. I did do a lot, but I did so much that I didn't create the space to do one or two of the things that maybe would have moved the needle more. So I think that's the way I self-sabotage is busyness with low priority work tasks. I don't even honestly, with the cleaning one, I used to have that. Um, <laughs> but then, cause I started working from home three years ago, like everyone's version of COVID and quarantine happened totally. three, three years ago when I quit working at a gym, no longer had any coworkers worked from home at a computer all day, every day and had like total isolation. And I remember at first I would use the cleaning thing, but then I was like, whatever, I'm just going to have to get used to having a dirty house sometimes while I work. So now I just work way too rapidly. I sit down and I'm just like, and, um, (laughs) so I've been working on like breathing and taking breaks. And, and I think those breaks allow time for me to think, what do I really want? Like, what, what is the real reason of like that I'm living life or what is, you know, getting deeper into that. Why when I'm on a walk, I can think about the why when I'm chugging on chugging and plugging on low level tasks, that why isn't very clear in my mind. Totally. Yeah. So to wrap up all those three and give some actionables of like next steps, you've now identified the vision, you've exposed your fears and you've identified kind of your, your go-to reason or how to sabotage is okay. You have the vision. What are the actions you're going to take? 
um, I would say first action is to get really clear on that vision. Take some time, give yourself a week um, where you just go back and forth to the journal or to a computer and you're writing out that experience, connect the emotions, who's there, where are you, how much money is there involved, what are the experiences that are happening, get really, really like detailed. I think the more detailed you are on your vision of a goal, the more you want to actually go pursue it. Um, versus it just being like this one task um, and make it measurable. Okay, how are you going to measure that experience? And what is the objective of it? So get really detailed on those things. And then once you have that, go share this with people. I think the power of having accountability is yeah. so necessary. I know like even just in these last four months of us knowing each other, Janelle, like I have leveled up and I've had amazing people in my life, but it's because I think also we are very similar human beings. So we know the type of accountability we need and we mm. give it from love and grace, but it's also like a no shit, no kidding thing right. of like, you said, you're going to do this. I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah. And those are the type of people you need in your life. If you're trying to go to this next level of whatever it is you're working on and wanting to create. And then once you have that, like, okay, take it out in chunks, put it on the calendar. Is it 10 minutes a day that you're working on this thing? Is it once a week you're giving yourself two hours to work on the thing? And I also want to say like, it's not all have to be action-based because in this regard, like we're talking about really like, I think tangible goals in the sense of like books, money, types of things like that. But some people might be out there wanting to get a relationship or create a new friend group. So what are the actions you're taking on in those areas too? Mm -hmm. um, is it you're going on a date once a month? Is it you're joining a meetup group, whatever the thing might be and make it really realistic so that you're winning and you're starting to break, break away from the sabotage. Um, and when you start to notice the things of spending too much time on social media or whatever it is, give yourself some grace, but remind yourself of the why get back to the vision and it's okay. It's all good. Mm -hmm. You're still moving the train forward. So good. So good, Emma. Okay. So last question is if you could have every listener walk away and take action on one specific action item, what would it be? One specific action item. I'd say the vision. Mm, get clear on your vision. Get clear on the vision. Nothing works in life. If you don't have a clear vision, where are you going? You're lost. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> come on. And I guess we didn't really get super into courage, but do you want to say any last words on courage? I think what I said in the middle of the podcast is really just take steps forward, you know, and be okay with the fear, be okay with it being uncomfortable. I think that's the most courageous thing you can do is keep moving forward, even in the mess. Yeah. It's going to be imperfect. It's going to be messy. Be real, be vulnerable. Thank you everyone for listening to my real and my vulnerable. And so my commitment while being on this podcast right now is that I'm going to do a one hour brain dump each week where I'm just going to start dumping all my ideas and all my lessons and all my teaching into a Google doc, like Emma said. Um, so that way I actually, you know, start to take action on that book and that course. And it all starts with getting all of the stuff in my brain out onto paper. So Emma, thank you so much for being on this show. You freaking rock. You're incredible. This was powerful. And you guys, if you did not have a pen and paper in front of you, literally bring up this episode again and re-listen to it with a pen and paper so you can do exactly what I did where I dumped everything out. Okay. You want to connect with Emma on Instagram at Emma, no, at E-M underscore Marlat, or you can go to her website, emmamarlat.com. Emma, thank you so much. Mwah. Mwah. So awesome. Thanks for having me, Janelle. You're welcome, Emma.